You're listening to Genuine Chit Chat. This show is for real. Hello there, guys, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is going to be a special one and a bit of a quick intro from me. Uh, In essence, I recorded a trip myself and Megan did in June, where we ran around Somerset and we went on like a couple of cider tours and a few other bits and pieces. I recorded that and put it on my Patreon, so if anyone who supports the show for as little as £1 a month had access to this when it dropped, as well as um, once a week you get an Afterthoughts episode, sometimes you get two a week, uh, which are ones where me and Megan talk about movies and TV series and all kinds of other things like that uh, and also i do early releases on there as well for other stuff like if whenever i release part one of genuine chit chat on this feed part one and part two drop in one full unsplit episode when part one drops uh, that goes on the patreon feed as well um, but i'm going away essentially i'm going to be busy for near enough two weeks and i've already got things together and prepared for this time and this is one of them uh, so basically when i'm off i'm going to be in manchester and going to the lake district myself and megan will be recording more afterthoughts as well and more other episodes of things as well so all the patreon supporters are going to get lots of cool things while i'm away but for all you guys on this normal feed i thought i'd let you see what kind of stuff you can get if you subscribe to patreon as i said as little as one pound a month you get access to an rss feed and it's got all this bonus content as well if you do two pound a month and more than that you get access to future guest lists and photos of the styles comics I do and some photos and videos of my tours wicket and a few other bits and pieces of behind the scenes stuff and early access that sort of tomfoolery so really hope you guys enjoy this I will clarify I've edited it as best I can but we did record it in a moving car on my phone whereas you know here I'm using like a really nice microphone and all that sort of stuff and there's not really any background noise but this isn't a moving car so there's the odd time we can hear a car or the audio gets a little bit off um, but it's still a really fun listen and if you like this dynamic with myself and Megan make sure you go over to patreon.com slash genuine chits chat because as of this coming out there will be episodes of coming out of myself and Megan where we are at the moment and also you just get loads of the sort of connection between me and Megan in our afterthoughts episodes and lots of other stuff because we normally go on rambly tangents about all kinds of other things as well and also supports the show you know anyone who supports the show does get one portion of my undying love uh, because the fact that any of you guys listen to my show means the world to me and the fact that so many of you are willing to pay for it additional content to the show and just to support the show means the absolute world to me so if you really enjoy this little road trip thing and also if you can spare one pound a month then please go over to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat it would mean the world to me i'm not going to be back with the outro thing like i normally am i just say you know check the description and i and i will have included you know the recent guest spots i've been doing you know on star wars timeline the multiple comics and motion things i've been doing have not seen this all kinds of stuff so if you're not willing to support the show on patreon but you want more content from myself and you've already listened to everything i've put out then go listen to all the guest spots that i've done as well and uh yeah that's basically it thanks always for tuning in guys oh one more thing if you want to support the show without giving any money or anything to the show it's completely fine please review on apple podcasts review on Podmatch, uh review on i think good pods as well basically any podcasting app that you can use to rate the show please go on there and rate it and also share on social media tag me in things if desired tell your friends about the show you know there's so many episodes out there there's always going to be something people are going to enjoy so please share it with your friends because as a little show like mine it does just mean the world to me anyway guys thank you as always for tuning in i really appreciate it and i'll talk to you guys uh next week i may do an intro for whatever i end up releasing on this feed i haven't fully worked out what that's going to be it might be just old patreon stuff as well there just for ease but i don't know i'll figure it out but i'm not going to be in for an outro anyway guys so when this thing ends it will end thank you again guys i really appreciate it and here is our somerset road trip Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton.
So this is just a test of how talking sounds. What about you, Megan? What do you think of the test? I love tests. Is that how loud you're going to be talking for the test? Quite possibly, yes. You're going to vary. I, I cannot guarantee the standard level of my voice. So, <laughs> I mean, to be fair with me. It'll probably be something faster route available, except... You were born ready to Freddy. I was born ready to Freddy, yeah. You were born ready to Freddy. Ugly duckly. Well, here we are. Um, I'm used to saying with another afterthought. Here we are with another afterthought. But this is not really an afterthought. It kind of is. It's an afterthought of an experience as opposed to afterthoughts of a TV show, TV documentary show. or something. Um, so, yeah, this weekend, the back holiday weekend of May. Um, what day is it? Is that 30th, Today isn't it? is... It's June tomorrow, isn't it? Today is... No, tomorrow is still May. Ah. Today is the 30th of May. All right, so... Sunday, so, Sunday the 30th of May. Hold on, 2021. <laughs> um, we, this is the bank holiday weekend, and next week is half-term for schools, and obviously Megan is a teacher, so she's going to be off and I'm not, I'm going to be homeworking. Um, but Megan booked me a cider tour for my birthday last year, was it? It was for last year, yeah. Yes, um, and... Obviously, this little thing happened called, you know, COVID. And because of that, unsurprisingly, the lots of places closed down. So we didn't get to do this. Uh, so a year later, we're finally managing to do it. Well, a year and a bit later. This is the third time I've booked to, to go on this tour. Yes. And um, so we are now driving back from it. It was in Somerset, the cider tour. And it was at a place called Sheppy's Cider, which until Megan had booked the cider tour, I hadn't heard of Sheppy's Cider. I mean, I also had not heard of it. I booked it on Virgin uh, Virgin Experience, so... There you go. Yeah, it was just because I, I love cider. Obviously, if I hated cider, it'd be a pretty pointless gift. <laughs> um, but we actually, funnily enough, a few, I think a few weeks ago, a few months ago, we were in Marks and Spencers, which is a very, if for people outside of the UK, it's quite an expensive shop that me and Megan almost never go in. But we yeah, do it's go. It's like an upper class, like food supermarket, but it's like it's kind of like a department store, isn't it? Kind of, yeah. It's it's fancy. It's fancy. They do have M in other countries though, because I've seen them in in France and Spain. Uh, yeah, I don't know about America though. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think the adverts for M would work in America. I don't know how they it's work. It's not here. just a chicken. It's an M&S chicken. <laughs> yeah, the adverts suck. They're annoying and pretentious. Um, not quite as annoying and pretentious as the waitress adverts, which just has like a, a uh, like a 10-second video of someone pouring wine, and then right at the very end it goes, wine a waitress. But you can buy this. But it doesn't tell you the price, because waitress... And general, uh, waitress and uh, M&S are very similar in... in well, they're, they're for middle-class groceries. Yeah, what's the word? The demographic. Yeah, yeah. Because in England, you've got like Lidl, Audi and Asda are generally the cheapest. Then the middle range are more so like Tesco, kind of Sainsbury's and kind of Co-op. But they're a little bit more up. Like slightly more. And then you've got... I would say Sainsbury's and Co-op are more expensive than Tesco. Yeah, but but they're still that sort of kind of average user person buys from them. And then you've got like one up from that, which is Marks and Spencer's, Waitrose, uh... Morrison's, I think, is more near Tesco, but there aren't that many Morrison's near us, so... There's one in Tottenham. Yeah, but anyway, supermarket, hold on. Um, <laughs> this afterthought is just us rating supermarkets. It's, it's not anything about our trip. No, we're not going to talk about cider. We're not going to talk about cider, we're not going to talk about Sheppies, we're just going to talk about uh, supermarkets. Yeah. Also, I am the one that's driving, so if I get distracted, uh, that is because I'm focusing on, on driving the car. Yeah, was I... For our last trip that you were driving, right? I always drive. Well, it's just because of the, my car. It's because it's my car. So we're all, we're in my car, 
and Mike is insured on my car, but the problem is, is that I would rather drive it myself because if I get into an accident, it's my fault. Whereas I know if Mike accidentally like was in an accident in my car, I'd be, it's difficult, it's difficult to kind of compartmentalize the anger. Do you know what I mean? Like if I do it, it's my fault. Whereas if you do it, it's your fault. And then I have to deal with the fact that my car has been damaged and the fact that it wasn't me that was driving it. Yeah. Even though you have, you have driven my car. Like, (laughs) Oh yeah, I've, I've driven it on the odd occasion. If it's like, like there's a time we went to your mum's for her birthday and then you forgot something, <laughs> so I drove your yeah. car back, and that wasn't a big deal. But like a long, a long drive is meant to be if you either got ill or you really didn't feel like it or anything like that. Or I'm tired. Was that late night driving? You don't like driving at night, whereas I do. I, yeah. I generally, especially country roads, prefer it because you get the lights of the vehicles, so you get a bit more warning. Yeah. Also. I know that people listening to this can't see this, but this view that we can see on my right-hand side is absolutely stunning at the moment. It's just fields and fields and, like, just English countryside. It's so pretty. It's just full of green, different colours of green. And fields and things. It's, it. The British countryside is very undervalued in how beautiful it can be, especially some of our hills and things. There's some views that are just astonishing. It's very picturesque. It is very picturesque. Anyway, side tour. But actually, I was going to say, when oh. I release this, I'll... I'll try and remember if I forget this guys please one of you contact me and remind me message me on Patreon I'll try and upload some of the photos from this trip on there yeah um, as well but yeah side at all um, the reason we brought up M&S is because uh, Mark Spencer's is because a few weeks ago we found three types of Sheppy cider at M&S we're like oh my god like cause we, we never go to M&S yeah but... I've been trying to find Sheppy cider for ages because I've booked the tour for Mike and then I wanted to get some of their cider to be like this is where we're going this is what it tastes like but I literally couldn't find it anywhere, like nowhere. And then we stumbled across it in Marks and Spencers. But actually, when we were on the tour, they they said that it's mainly locally. Like, they're starting to get on the map locally. Yeah. But they haven't quite hit, like, other places yet, which makes sense. As to, but they have a partnership with Marks and Spencers, which is why it was in there. Yeah, because I think Marks and Spencers has got... They have their own brand of cider, but it's cool. On the back, if you check it, it's called, like... Shepland Yard or something I think it's, that's a different one I but, think there's the M&S one and then there's the one that they were talking about which is what you're referring to yeah well, but M&S have got one which isn't it isn't called Sheppy Cider but it's like a combination between Sheppies and somewhere else and so M&S have got a few Sheppy Cider things and there's like Tesco's nearby Somerset which have also got Sheppy Cider yeah, the co-op that was in so uh, Wellington in Wellington which is where Sheppy Cider is in Somerset the co-op <clears throat> next to the pub that we were staying at had Sheppy Cider in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, for clarity, for people outside the UK, Somerset is a county and Wellington is like a town inside of it. Very, very small town. Yeah, well, Somerset is known for, it's known for being the cider county and also, it's also just farms everywhere. It's called cider country. Yeah. I know it is a county, but I think Somerset is classed as cider country. Yeah, well, I think it's kind of like, um, Florida's called Orange Country, isn't it? Or is it Orange County? That's Orange County. Ugh, confusing. Even I don't though, know. Yeah, there aren't counties in, in, in America, are there? It's a county. Uh, there's states, aren't there? Well, there's states and then there's like... Um, I don't know, Mike. We don't know enough about American geography, so we're not going to go down that road. But we tried Chippy Cider a while ago before coming on the trip, and it, it is nice. Um, and then... So we came on this trip and stuff. Megan drove kindly. And... We did the cider tour, and it's about an hour and a half, and you, we walked through three different orchards, which are really, really cool. And the three different orchards, the guy was telling us about like the different reasons. Like One is a specific organic orchard, and it's they have to get anything, any treatment they use for the soil or any pesticides, which they wouldn't really use a yeah, pesticide. Yeah, they've got like, a certification from, from like, the Soil, the soil Association, association in the UK. So if they want to do anything to the soil regarding... like. 
not chemicals, but kind of trying to treat the soil and the grass and the trees, they have to go to the association and ask for permission to find out what things are okay to use so that they can still have their certification. Yeah, because it's like with organic stuff, it's it's not exactly how people think it is, but it's just kind of severe reduction in the damage you do because obviously like if you get loads of bugs um, infesting your um, orchard and loads of your apples getting eaten by worms or whatever you have to put something on there to stop the insects eating them but you don't want to do something that's damaging to the environment that's going to be bad for humans to consume or is going to ruin the apples plus all the other elements of like because you can put pesticides down that like destroy the soil and you can't do that either so they have one orchard specifically it's organic which is cool and that's the one as well where they have longer grass in there and then they let all the cows go in and eat the, the cows and the sheep go in and eat the grass so that they can eat organic healthy grass and then they use those animals for meat yeah, yeah, exactly, and it, it's um, it's a really cool thing because Sheppy Cider started off as like a, was a farm, and it's been going since eighteen sixteen. Yeah, so two hundred and five years. Currently, they're currently on the fifth or sixth generation within the family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, we met um, the the wife of I think it's David Sheppy. I think David Sheppy is the current. What was it? Cider Master. Cider Master. <laughs> yeah, Cider Master. So it's, it's David's family who started the business, and yesterday part of the tour was given by his wife so I think it's like Louise or Louisa Louisa but yeah. if, you're, if Louisa Sheppy becomes a patron and then here's <laughs> this uh, sorry, sorry if that's not your name but she was lovely no, it's Louisa I looked up oh, oh you looked up this morning okay that's cool but she, she was lovely and yeah um, she was really nice so we went around the orchards and there's another orchard which they have which was there are loads and loads and loads of trees but each row was like a different type of apple because one thing I didn't realise is that most ciders aren't made from one apple. A lot of them are... Yeah, so I just drove past a strawberry person that Megan bought strawberries from yesterday. <laughs> we were driving on like a, a dual carriageway, well, not even a dual carriageway, a single carriageway. Um, but, yeah, most ciders are made from multiple different apples. They're normally, like, not even too often, there's three or four, where you have like 50% of this apple, and then 30% of this apple, and then 10%, you know, that sort of thing. And... They showed us that, and then there was another orchard, which I can't remember the details of that, but they were all, all three of them are slightly different trees, slightly different ways of agriculture. Like, certain ones are trees die, and you can cut them off at a certain height. Oh, yeah, the, and gra- then like the grafting. Drafting or grafting? Yeah, it was grafting. It was grafting. Yeah, okay. like a skin graft. Oh, okay, that makes more sense, yeah. Yeah, it was grafting, so that if there's a tree that's damaged or ill, they can cut the tree down to a certain point replant it and then give it a graft for a different species of apples I don't so think they, they, re- can... they don't replant it I can't I can't no, I, I, do, no, I can. <laughs> I can't that's what I'm trying to say oh, it interrupted me with the graft daft thing I'm telling you what it's called um, remember that did you no I didn't I remember the method, not the words. Um, but no, they, they cut the tree trunk. They leave it there because it has to be connected to the soil and stuff. But then they, they graft um, parts of another tree and things into the trunk of the already established tree trunk that's in the soil and stuff. And then the tree trunk of the old tree combines with the saplings and stuff of the new tree, which then grows so you can grow apples from a tree that is in certain soil that may not necessarily grow if the bottom of the tree was that specific type of apple. Yeah, and I think what they said as well with the grafting is that if once they do the graft, it can then create a different variation of apple. Yeah, yeah, it can. So it can make like hybrids and things. I assume that's part of the way of how they make different things. Because like when you make lots of apples and things like that, you know, you have one tree, in layman's terms, it makes 10 apples. One of them is going to be really sweet. One of them is going to be the least sweet. And then if you plant the least sweet one, and then you get the least sweet one of that then... Um, harvest and you keep doing that over and over again eventually you'll get a whole other 
type, and that's how dogs. So we do dogs as well, isn't it? You get the runt of the litter. So I've never tried to breed dogs or apples. So no, but it's, it's in layman's terms. But it's like with dogs. You, you know, you have a runt of the litter who has a real short nose or a really long nose or whatever. You breed that with another dog of the same breed with a long nose, and you keep doing that, and eventually you get long nose dogs, which obviously people use for you know, sniffing and things like that. Is that a general layman's terms of it? It was really interesting hearing about apple cultivation and how they do it all. And one of the other cool things about it was the. Um, <laughs> is this all calling you? Yeah, my mum's phoning me. I'm just gonna. <laughs> we'll just wait it out and I'll phone it back in a second. That's fine. Oh, there we go. Done. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, and with, with the apple cultivation, it's very interesting to hear and how long it takes. Because they normally, if they plant an apple tree, I think they said it takes between like 10 and 20 years until it's actually fully viable for a harvest or something yeah and they said that some of so one of the orchards that you uh, drive past when you go to Sheppey Cider has been there for like over a hundred years yeah I think they said that it was first planted in like I think there were, no I think one of them was in the 1930s yeah it was planted in the 1930s which is pretty cool yeah and they also when we went there after we did the tour went through the museum saw some really old cool equipment they used to use and we also um, they do cider tasting so we got to taste Five, five different, different ciders, ciders. and we tasted one which was the golden label cider and it won an award in europe and it won for the gold medal for the basically the best cider in all of europe in 1930 yeah. and they still haven't changed the recipe for that specific one and you can't buy that one in shops but you can buy it from sheppy directly and it was really nice it, it had a really complex complex flavor i didn't expect i described it as having three flavors in one is that the one that was in the wine bottle that, yeah that was the first one we tried yeah no it was the second one we tried and um, that one was really nice oh okay uh, but yeah because you drank it and then it was like you had a, a splash of like apple sort of flavor then the middle flavor was quite maybe like earthy-ish but then the end flavor was a lot more aligned with cider but it was like three in one it was it was unlike any other cider i've drank actually yeah it was really nice really <laughs> good i wonder what that person was it's doing nice. so basically we're stuck in traffic but it's not really heavy traffic from what i can see on my sat nav but we're right by stonehenge and there's always traffic down here yeah. and this guy has literally been in traffic for all of like 10 seconds it was like nah not doing it turning around yeah um it was like the other thing. We've been driving. Like, There's always been... traffic on this road. There oh, was traffic yeah. on this road yesterday when we drove past. Well, that's what I was going to say. Do you remember that other person in front of us just turned around? We were thinking, we could see the other road, which went in the same direction. It was equally as congested as the one we were on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we went to the side of the which was really cool. And we spoke to the people. And they're, they're really nice because we actually, we got, we, we specifically taxied there. Uh, because it's yeah, it was a bit of a palaver yesterday, wasn't it? Well, it was. We got to our hotel, um, which is called the Vintage Inn in Wellington. It's a really cool place, actually. And... We went there and then we got a taxi to uh, Sheppy Cider because with cider tasting and drinks tasting, you don't know how much alcohol you're going to consume. This, this is the thing. Like, I've done like alcohol tasting before and like I've driven my car and I definitely 100% should not have driven home afterwards. So like I just wanted to be safer rather than sorry. And it was really frustrating yesterday because we could have easily driven. <laughs> yeah, because I'd say we drank... From the tasting we alone, about a pint altogether. Maybe a pint. I think it's still less than a pint. I think it's about a pint. But still, like a pint of cider, you know, unless it was nine percent, which only one of them was. One of them was, I think, was eight percent. There were a couple that were six percent plus. But I think still, most even of them were six. A pint of cider would have been fine. Yeah, exactly. Especially because the drive was about ten minutes. We had to walk back, which took about an hour. <laughs> yeah, so we phoned the taxi company to come and pick us up, and I was like, "Is there any taxis available for as soon as possible?" Blah 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 blah. And this was about like four. No, it wasn't even that. It, it was, was like it was like half three quarter four and they were like yeah sorry there's no taxis free until half past six and i was like oh shit <laughs> and we tried another taxi company like 
four times and they had there was no answer from this taxi company oh, yeah they just didn't answer at all so then Mike and I made the decision to walk back it was about 5k it was about from Sheppy's Cider yeah. to our hotel so we walked back in the like it was very hot yesterday as well it was very hot yeah got uh, we were lucky with the weather but it was quite a nice walk to be fair so it worked out it was lush we got to walk past like some really nice fields and uh, fancy houses yeah some of the houses were silly uh, they were massive um I think Stonehenge isn't it here, isn't it? Because we, I don't. There Stonehenge. Is, you can see it. Yeah, we didn't get to see it yesterday. That's because we were on the other side, wasn't it? And there's yeah, the hill kind of hides the other it. Direction. Yeah, yeah. I've still never been up close fully to Stonehenge. We over a couple of times. I have been there twice. It is okay. My thing is, is that it is cool. It's nice, and it's cool reading the information. But the thing is, is that no one knows why they're there. No one knows how they're there. It's so a lot the of actual, estimation. It's a lot of estimation, and the actual like main information that I want to know is why they're and you never find it out so yeah. I think it scholars- makes me think of the song um, what's the band that sang what does the fox say Yves or something e- yeah whatever they're called Yelvin. is that y- e- Y-L-V-I-S yeah. well they have a song called what's the meaning of Stonehenge oh okay it makes me think of that because no one knows no one knows what's the meaning but it's cool we're pretty close to it to be fair from where we are right now if I had an air so rifle like less than 100 metres away well, if I had an air rifle I could probably hit it from here that's how close we are if I try to throw something not quite but within within air rifle distance so yeah a few hundred metres um, it is really cool but yeah as you say like you don't with Stonehenge you don't know like there's a lot of scholars who've estimated things that are like there's certain theories that every couple of years I see an article come up going the new there's a new theory about Stonehenge that's the leading think of why it happened and why are these stones from however many miles away and blah blah blah. Wales the stones. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's just like why that happened. I think a lot of it people say is either to do with telling the time or the date or like astronomy or astrology or not astrology. A lot of people is to do with paganism, isn't it? Yeah. Also, can I also just say that the guy that turned around in traffic is an absolute fool because this traffic is barely anything. Yeah, exactly. Literally, <laughs> he like, turned around faster for no reason. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. So we're talking about Sheppy Cider and stuff, weren't we? So yeah. So we walked back to walked the back. hotel and then we had dinner book so we went to the we went and had dinner in the pub that we were staying in and that was nice. really nice we just sat in the beer garden it's the just cider lush. I will admit and the alcohol that I drank went straight to my head yeah, but that was doggies that, that was Sheppy's that was Sheppy's farmhouse cider which was one of the types we we drank the still version and when we were at Sheppy's we had the sparkling version because the draft version of it is not sparkling but the bottle version is and we had that and I think that was like 6 or 7% we had like a whole pint of it yeah and to be fair I don't drink that often uh, and yesterday we hadn't really eaten that much so I had we had the maybe about a pint at the tasting and then the pint at the pub and then I also had a gin and tonic so after that I was a little a little bit merry we, we, we almost finished our ciders by the time the food came <laughs> so it was and after barely eating anything in the day as well um, and an hour and a bit of walk yeah we barely drank any water either so our body was like oh, oh give us all yeah. the liquids we like, had to oh. do a pit stop at a petrol station to get some water otherwise, <laughs> otherwise we wouldn't have made it <laughs> no this podcast wouldn't be happening um but yeah, so also Sheppy's Cider was really cool. We did the tasting and then they give you uh, a glass each, a little half pint cider glass, which is cute. And then yeah, they give the, you... with the experience that I booked, you got that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then also we got um, got a free cider. You speak to the woman who's the, the woman we spoke about, Louisa. And um, she she says, what kind of cider do you want? Blah, blah, blah. And after doing the tasting and stuff, she, she gives you one for free as a sort of, here's one to try. And then you're allowed to choose either you get... Uh, a discount in their restaurant cafe thing 
or you could have a crate of cider. Uh, no, so so what happened with that is with the Virgin Experience that I booked, you're you were entitled to getting a fifteen pound voucher per person to eat at the restaurant, and that was the thing that was included. Yeah. But because of COVID, when they started redoing the things, the originally the restaurant wasn't reopened. Yeah. So they then offered the option of being able to have a crate of cider. Um, so that's what we were going to get the second time I booked it. Yeah. And then when we booked it the third time, they asked, uh, it was meant to be the restaurant. And then I asked specifically whether we could just still have the cider instead. Because she was surprised when we said it. Um, I asked for that option specifically because it had been previously, I'd rather get a crate of cider than go out for a meal. (laughs) Well, especially because the the time... Because it's obviously different as well. Also, we would either have to have got there early to have lunch there, or we would have had to get there... We'd have had to have dinner there, but it was like... I mean, we were nearly late to the cider tour anyway because we got stuck in traffic on the way to Somerset. Yeah, it took us four hours to get to Somerset. (laughs) We sat and I've said two when we initially initially left. And we got to the hotel uh, five minutes before the taxi arrived to pick us up. Yeah, so we were saying that the people at the cider place were really nice. So Sheppy Cider were really nice. The reason for this is because obviously we ended up having to walk back to the hotel. So the crate of cider that we got for free, including included in the virgin experience they let us keep that overnight yeah and then we went and picked it up today, today yeah. they were they were really really nice yeah and when we went back today we obviously bought even more so we got we got the crate of cider which was 12 12 bottles of cider and you could choose which one they were and it was from their top two shelves in their store because they've got like I, I would say i think they've got about 15 maybe 20 varieties of cider oh i don't know if it's that many there's def there's there's definitely at least we, we got the, the top two shelves are 12 alone there were five shelves, and there was at least two per shelf. Plus, there were some additional ones they had in the I shop as well. Um, well. They had at least ten, but I think they probably had maybe fifteen-ish. Um, but regardless, they had quite a lot of ciders, but they had certain ones on the top shelf, which were the slightly cheaper ones, and the ones on the bottom shelf. And the crate included a mix and match of twelve from the top shelf, top shelves. So we did that, and blah blah blah, and then came back today. Uh, in Megan's car, driving and whatnot, so we could go in the shop properly and take a look around. And we bought like more cider so we've got two crates of cider uh, I bought my mum an apron um, we also we bought some charcoal cheese because I'm brought... very excited about the charcoal have you ever tried charcoal cheese yeah we've tried it together yeah, but have you ever like it properly by the little taster I think I've only ever had a taster I think the only time that either of us have had it this one has been a taster you know when we went to um well what's it bloody called the the music festival the Panatical's always in oh um it's Chris Evans Car Fest, isn't it? Car Fest, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, because I had it before then. Oh, really? That's why I got excited about charcoal cheese. Because oh. I, I had it once at a... When I went to Party Field with Natalie and that lot. Do you remember I, talk, I don't know if I said to you, but I saw my an English teacher of mine at the market at Party Field. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember that. But yeah, okay, fair enough. And that's why I tried the charcoal cheese. Because I saw black cheese. I was like, what on earth is this? And then, oh, it's got charcoal in it. And I was like, charcoal and cheese? try a bit of that and I was like that was lush but I didn't want to buy any because I was like, essentially I was at a music festival but you don't really want cheese festering over well, the course of a week well it was at a music festival but it wasn't like a closed office it was a very very small thing and you could just leave whatever you want so in the morning on one of the days a batch of people went to the nearby town where the market was on um, and I went as well to buy supplies cider that sort of thing it's like yeah I don't really want cheese in my tent for two days it's a fucking stink no yeah so I tried it and, <laughs> and since then I've been trying to find charcoal cheese and I haven't been able to find it but we found some in Chevy Cider well I tried to buy you some for, Bert, for your Christmas gift because for your Christmas gift I got you like a I bought you like five or six different cheeses but I, the one I specifically I wanted to get 
was the charcoal one. That was the main one I was on the search for. And I went to like four different shops and nowhere had it. So we got some charcoal cheese. So exciting. I also got some smoked cheese. Yeah, yeah smoked cheese is like one of my favorites. I love that. Um, so we got some cider and some cheese, which is cool. So our, our car is basically full of cider and cheese. And I said... My car feels considerably heavier. Than, <laughs> <laughs> it feels a lot heavier than it did yesterday. And it was also like with... Um, I, I jokingly said like if I retired, the, the, some of the, I think the three places I'd like to retire would either be Iceland, Tenerife, or Somerset. Yeah. Because Somerset is just cider, cheese, dog walking, and loads of really lush places to walk. Yeah, because there's so many national trust in, like... Parks and things. What's the other one? National trust in English heritage sites yeah. are in Somerset. Yeah, basically free or generally cheap or donation places that you can go that are historical value or nature reserves, that sort of thing. And... We actually, today, when we were walking around, um, in fact, when we were walking back from Sheppy Cider, and when we drove up here, we could see in the distance this really big obelisk. Now, people in America, and I think England should know what an obelisk is, but in the most famous one is probably the Washington Monument, um, which is the tallest obelisk in the world, I think. And what makes an obelisk an obelisk is just a tall column with a point at the top, but it has to be four sides. Whereas what they've got here, we saw in the distance, this massive obelisk on a hill. And it turns out that this is a three-sided obelisk, so it doesn't count as an obelisk. It's just it's called something else, but it's not... It's a structure. A three-sided, very tall structure. And it's the tallest in the world! Yeah, so it's not... It's it, not that tall. No, it's a, it, is, it is a very tall. Like, if you jumped off it, you'd definitely die. It's like a it's a very big block of flats. Like height. Yeah, yeah. It it's, 50, it's, not, it's not short by any chance. I think it's 50 metres, and it was 100... Something foot. Something foot. Yeah, so it is high. And it's the, it's the Wellington Monument uh, for the Duke of Wellington, who won the Battle of Trafalgar. And he's not, he had nothing to do with Somerset. They no, just, it wasn't the Battle of Trafalgar. Waterloo, sorry, it was Battle of Waterloo. Yeah, yeah, I got it. That's Napoleon, wasn't it? No, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you for not knowing history? I'm sorry, I don't know the Napoleon. Battle of Trafalgar was. uh, Oh shit! What's his name? He had one hand. I don't know. Jamie Lannister, I don't bloody know. Trafalgar, what was his name? I don't know. Stop asking me. I would Google it, but I can't. I'm driving. Um, I'll have to Google it on my phone so people have to hear the tipper tapping away. Tesla, 2021 Tesla. Okay, um, <laughs> GZ. Um, Battle of Trafalgar, Battle of Waterloo. Where was Napoleon? It was Waterloo. What? No, Napoleon's to do with France. Napoleon fought us. They fought us. We won the battle against Napoleon. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> that's why he's. Oh my god. <laughs> but I think that's Trafalgar as well. Napoleon Bonaparte. Here we go. French military leader. Blah blah blah. French Revolution. Blah 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 blah. He died there. Buried there. Da, da, da. Yeah, but I want to know the name of the guy. I'm trying to find it. Uh, Napoleon Bonaparte. Blah, blah blah. Yeah, the Battle of Waterloo. That's fine. Okay, I'm not. That's fine. I'm just saying it wasn't the Battle of Trafalgar. No, it wasn't. It was the Battle of Waterloo. Now I want to know who, who the guy for us was in the Battle of Trafalgar. Duke of Wellington. I want to find out who the Duke of Wellington was because we're getting it confused. No, I want to know what the guy's name is from the Battle of Trafalgar. That's nice and specific. I, I have said that multiple times. No, you said the guy's name. Which guy? Our guy? Our guy, yeah. Our, yeah, that one guy we've one got. Hand. Um, so... Is it Nelson? Uh, it could be, I don't bloody know. This is the thing, that, this is a good show of English, how bad history is <laughs> we in don't English get, We get taught this stuff in like primary school and then yeah. we don't get taught any more information. You just know that Napoleon wasn't as short as people said he was, that was a misconception. He lost the battle against us and we won. And it just, there's not much else about it. 
Um, Trafalgar, Blah, King, the, George the Fourth, Rudolf Nelson. Well, it says Nelson's column, so I assume it is Nelson. Yeah, Nelson right. something. Okay, that's fine. That's all I wanted to know. Yeah, it's um, there's Sir Henry Havelock. Um, is one of them. There's the fourth plinth and stuff. Then there's also Lord Jellico. Mum is phoning me again. Uh, Lord Beatty. Yeah, there's there's not one guy here. There's literally. No, that's fine. I just wanted the Nelson. I was right. It doesn't matter. I didn't find Nelson. I just saw a monument called Nelson. Okay, so. or whatever. It's Nelson something. There you go, guys. There you go. History. Let's all of this rubbish out. I might do this. Pathetic. Neither of us have any idea about English anyway, history. Anyway, anyway, so we've gone off on a ramble. There's a massive tent. There's, there's a massive. There's a massive monument. obelisk, and it is not a monument. Not an obelisk. Well, whatever they call it, an obelisk, and it's for the Battle of Waterloo, and it was to congratulate the Duke of Wellington. Yes, um, we saw it, and it's really cool. It's currently on. It's got some. Uh, they've managed to raise some money to do some renovations on it, and you can actually. It's it's hollow, much like the the Washington Monument but you can actually there's stairs in there like a one way staircase so you can walk up to the top and there's a viewing hole out the top well, not at the moment you can't but once they yeah, well, that's, yeah, yeah. Once, they, once they finish renovating you'll be able to do that but there's a photo that you can see that's from the top of it and the view is incredible um, and you can actually see like the coast from there which is cool so yeah we've basically just been walking a lot drinking cider um, and buying cheese yeah. <laughs> and learning a bit about history but Somerset is such a lovely place like not only to drive through but there's so many cool little villages and I feel like easily if money wasn't an object I could spend months just going around Somerset to all the different places oh 100% there's there's so many places in Somerset that are lovely and like it, it's just a really pretty place like I mean if you're not someone that enjoys walking <laughs> or cider or, or cider, dogs or, like, it's not really the place for you it depends on what kind of holiday you like as an individual but like we were saying this to the the volunteers that work for the National Trust earlier, that although COVID has been shit, like it's been awful and being like locked up has been rubbish and all of the deaths have been horrible, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, but the one nice thing that has come out of it is that normally Mike and I would always go on holiday abroad, but it has given me anyway a newfound respect for a lot of the places that we have in the UK because there are so many places that are so nice here but I always want to go abroad because when I'm older it'll be a lot easier for me to travel in this country as opposed to in different countries but it's just made me kind of appreciate this country a little bit more yeah because when we have kids and stuff obviously we will want to go abroad but taking a kid under the age of five abroad is it's it can expensive be, and also that a lot of the time they're not going to remember it well they're so. not going to remember it it's quite difficult and also you can't do everything you want to do because one of you has to take care of the kid like yeah. you know it's obviously people can have nice memories my parents took me away when I was really young but like that when the kids that sort of age in my opinion it's better to do local travel because like if you just have like we have if you just have a weekend in Somerset with a baby or young kid you can do relatively everything we've done today Apart from an hour-long walk back in the sun, you know, we would we would just not <laughs> not have driven, you know, drunk, or one of us would have driven uh, that thing. But aside from that, like walking around natural nature reserves and uh, national parks and looking at museums, as long as the baby isn't like a horrendously cry baby, you, you're going to be fine. You can do everything you want to do, and we're not big drinkers anyway, so it's not like we wanted to go out and get drunk every night. And also for me, like going out and getting like wasted in places that I don't like. I, I've been traveling a lot and I've been to lots of different countries and for me I've never really understood 
going on holiday to literally just get smashed. Unless because you go to like Ibiza or something. Unless, like. unless you're going to a destination that is specifically like that. But even in Ibiza, there's so many other things that you can do apart from get drunk. Yeah. And if that's the holiday that you want, that's that's fine. That's your prerogative. But for me, like, I don't see the point in going out and getting hammered and spending so much money when that's something that you can do in your hometown where you live and then feel so ill the next day because you're hungover that you can't go out and appreciate all of the like really nice things like I know quite a few people that have gone like on summer holidays to like Malia or Zanti or Magaluf like those typical like touristy places to go and get hammered and then they get drunk and then they wake up at like 2pm and then they've wasted the majority of the day I like to get up early I like to go out I like to see all of the things that I'm there to see yeah and again like I'm not I'm not saying don't get drunk like I mean I've been drunk many a time but it's just like I kind of appreciate being able to see the, the beauty and everything that you're there to visit as opposed to just feeling hungover as fuck yeah but it's also what I find as well is that when you're when one is hungover uh, especially in like in a hot country it is a nightmare oh, it's in England like I love I love going to music festivals or just general festivals in England and it's really cool but like I know it's not quite the same but waking up in a, in a hot tent and then you open the zipper and you get outside and it is bright and scorching sunlight it can be refreshing sometimes if you're a little bit hungover it can be refreshing but if you're quite hungover it just makes you feel worse yeah and being in a hotel that's normally a, if you go to somewhere like Ibiza or Magaluf or anywhere like that and you go for a drinking holiday generally speaking most people don't get really expensive accommodation because all they're doing is just maybe hanging by the pool for an hour or two, walk down to the beach, get drunk, and then pass out of the hotel room. And that's fine, but obviously... Yeah, if that's the holiday that you want to do, yeah. it's just that's not my cup of tea. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's easy to their own, but if you and I are going to spend money going out and do stuff, we want to do stuff we can't do at home. And obviously there's not, to my knowledge, many cider orchards around, around Southampton. I know there's loads of wine um, places. There are a couple of wineries Which I have no interest in. I'm not sure about ciders here around Hampshire. I think it's more like Devon and Somerset that have the predominant cider area. Yeah, yeah, it is is interesting. I wonder why that is. I wonder if it's just the amount of farmland because obviously Southampton is a is a port city. Well, it might be farmland, but it also might be just like land, like how much water you get, like what kind of soil you've got, soil, and also. It depends on the water that you get in that area. Like, we have in Southampton a lot of lime scale in our water. Yeah, we have hard water. Like, even drinking from the tap in the hotel in Somerset, the water tastes completely different to what it tastes like at home. Yeah. So. yeah. That's why I like going to Wales. When you go to Wales, the water tastes so goddamn good. It's I'm so afraid. clean and pure. See, I, I like drinking hard water um, because, for me, it tastes fine. I've been used to it. But also, hard water is technically slightly healthier for you than non-hard water in certain respects because the lime scale is I think a mixture of like calcium and magnesium so when you're or one of the two so when you're drinking hard water you're actually getting a small amount of obviously water as well as this mineral so it is slightly better if even if the taste can be worse however there are certain places like I think Wales the water is so clean and pure it has other minerals in that is good for other reasons but showering in Wales is a completely different kind of fish you could shower in Wales almost with no shampoo and oh, your hair feels yeah, great nice. you shower in England you shower in Southampton with no shampoo your hair feels like rough yeah it's not great um, but yeah that was basically it we, we had a fun time in Somerset um, having cider and stuff I think we're going to come back here probably next year at some point oh yeah definitely go on like a, we want to go on like a little cider tour like for a week or two just 
go to a different cider place each day because even the one. Or are you, or we want to go on a cider place every other day or something, and then we can go visit all of the different museums, like, museums and zoos, and that sort of thing. And like just walking and hiking and stuff. And all, yeah, there's loads of cool historical places, castles and stuff. I bloody love castles, so it, it's going to be a lot of fun. But even Louise uh, Sheppy, Louisa Sheppy, she said. Um, she encouraged people to go to other cider yeah, uh, places. Yeah, well, she she was saying like, I hope you enjoyed Sheppies. Please go to other places in Somerset. And she was like, go to the other cider orchards in Somerset because everyone does their manufacturing slightly differently. Everyone has like different apples. Everyone has a different story of how they started things because obviously Sheppy was just a farmland, and then they they started making cider. I think because. I think it just had some spare space or something like that, and then they they gave their workers cider. They paid them partly in cider, partly in money, back in the eighteen hundreds when that was legal to do. And then the cider just got more and more popular, and eventually now they do they do that. So it's just it's really interesting hearing the history of cider, and I just I love knowing stuff. And one of the few things I really enjoy is, is cider, and like I, I'm interested by beer to a degree. But I find that, for me personally, I think it might, maybe there's different varieties to beers, but then you get beer, ale, stouts, bitters, all kinds of variety. But most beers, I'm just like, meh, it's all right. I like about five beers I like, actively like. But aside from them, I'm like, meh, yeah, to most beers. I like a beer with a meal occasionally, but nine times out of ten, if I can have a cider, I will have a cider instead. Yeah. But yeah, so that was our little road trippy thing. Hope you guys enjoy that. And please tell us if you guys have been to any if there's any orchards or ciders that you especially like and love to hear about it so thanks guys bye you have just experienced host creator everything else of genuine chit chat and also the host and creator of star wars comics and canon found on the comics in motion podcast mike burton